1: Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar, last one of November, first new episode since F3. We've had Thanksgiving, we've had Black Friday, we've had Cyber Monday, we've got Christmas coming up, we've got New Year's coming up, we got my birthday coming up. I mean, not till May, but it is coming. <laughs> so You were six months away from that, Luke. Listen, you know, it's my half birthday. Actually, I just had my half birthday, actually. It wasn't that long ago. It was November 3rd. Great time. Um, I expect a present. So, uh, great to be back. Tony, how you doing? You know,
2: I'm recover, trying to recover from the holiday. Yeah. Spending, what, 10 and a half hours driving back in the car on Sunday from Florida was a good time, but... That's a lot. 24 hour, or 10 hours of rain and traffic, so... That's a lot. Is that Tennessee orange you're wearing under there? Yes, it is. Don't, we're not going to go down that path.
1: You know, speaking of Tennessee, orange, uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit mad. I understand. I say orange and everybody else is probably like, it's orange, whatever. Point is, um, so I was driving back from Johnson City after Thanksgiving on Saturday, driving back to Chattanooga. Normally takes me about three hours, um, sometimes a little less than that, you know, when I speed. But It took me like four and a half hours to get back because a lot of Knoxville traffic because they were having the bowl game. Very rude of them. They did not consult me about that when I was driving.
2: That that game has been scheduled for over a year, so that's poor. Thanksgiving's been scheduled for a long time too. Poor planning on (laughs) their part. Agreed. Glad we're in agreement there, Luke Velasquez.
1: Glad we're in agreement there. But anyways, the Eagles won, extending their lead to ten and one. Looking good. I couldn't tell you anything That's about fun. It's my professional people. football. So. But, Anyways, we got a lot to talk about today, right? So we're going to, you know, we always talk about this, right? When after after the holiday comes, there's always a drop yeah. in demand. Uh, we, we know that, right? No, nothing to be alarmed by. The question is, well, how deep is the drop relative to other holidays? And how steep is the bounce back? And, you know, honestly, if we look at demand, truckload volume in particular, going into Thanksgiving, it directionally, it was almost like a perfect mirror of 2020.
2: Yeah, that I was talking about this this morning on a carrier update that, like, if you looked at the last four years, which I think we have a chart to pull up, mm-hmm. you look at it, 2022, 2021, and 2019 all look very, very similar. Yeah, in look at that. The movements, right, down in the beginning of November and then up into Thanksgiving. Well, we've been just up primarily yeah. this
1: this month, so. Tiny little dip around October, but the orange line there at the top, which is uh, 2020, did the same thing. Yeah. Then it just kind of rose, rose, rose. I mean, I mean, y- you couldn't have asked for much more. I mean, from that, a demand side. It, from a directional perspective, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's what you want to see. Uh, I think October is always kind of the slower demand month. right? Uh, I, I think it's, it just kind of goes with you come off the third quarter, into the third quarter, into the fourth quarter. And things just slow down a little. Uh, It's kind of this slow build to peak, right? You see Ocean Peak in August, September. Well, those volumes don't really get here. If they're leaving at the beginning of September from overseas, they're not getting here until sometime in October. And then it's this balance of rail versus truck and how time sensitive are they? Are things just going into warehouses around the port markets and then moving out later in, in November, and that's yeah. kind of what we've seen is you don't really see the pickup in volumes
1: until November, which would indicate highest all year, though, when you when you look at it, which is exactly what happened in 2020. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and, it, and it was very quick. It, it, I guess it wicked up is probably like the appropriate term.
2: Yeah. And I think the question is what happens after? I mean, you look at this, December is a soft month all the way around. A lot right. of it has to do with the fact that contract freight slows down during this period, and it does so because time-sensitive nature's kind of out of the market, right? Everything needs to be in the at least the market. It may not even be right in the market. It might be in a DC that's in an adjacent market that's a relatively short length of haul. Your, your long links, your LA to Chicago and your LA to Dallas, while still dense, the Growth in volume for trying to get things to shelves by the holiday is is largely past. So December as a whole is everybody talks about it being the strongest month. In reality, from a demand perspective, it's the softest month because effectively you have a week where there will be very little, if any, demand. Right? Because you have the especially this year because you have the weekend. So if you have
1: yeah, Christmas, Christmas on a e- Monday,
2: yeah. So if you have Christmas Eve. As a holiday, you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off or off or closed. Then you have Wednesday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then it's Friday, New Year's Eve observed. And then the following Monday is New Year's Day. So you have what? A ten- let's, just,
1: let's just take a month off. Can we yeah. all agree here? Let's yeah. just shut so, I mean, down it's just for like a month. This,
2: it's this long, prolonged, like it could it effectively could just slow demand even further in the month. And and the question is going to be how much capacity comes offline because that's going to be the key. And then how time-sensitive does freight become? And that's going to be the key to try to push rates up.
1: Agreed, yeah, because we really didn't see rates move a whole lot. We'll take a look at that later. I mean, right now, okay, so we can see that the dip in in blue. I, I expect us to come back up. I think we stay above 2021 and 2019 levels, which is the green and purple line. Uh, threw down the end of the year, but not a lot.
2: Yeah, no, and I think the key here is when you look at it, what has happened in between mm. is, I mean, it's been stable, and I think that's the good thing. Is like you haven't seen this like leg down that you've seen in every other year in the days following the holiday. So I think that's a good thing. I think what's interesting, and I'm, li- I was looking at this earlier, is kind of like this trend, like online sales ruled this last weekend. Like, oh, yeah,
1: all the stores were
2: empty. Yeah. I wouldn't say empty because I went to the mall on Friday and I looked for 15 minutes to find a parking spot and could not find one. Which mall? International Mall in Tampa. I oh, mean, it's you couldn't find a parking spot in I, 15 minutes in the parking lot, you couldn't find a spot. But
1: were the, then I, they, were the deals any good?
2: Don't know. I didn't go. I turned around and left. I ended up at Best Buy. I was only looking for one gift. What'd you get? Uh, a digital picture frame You're for supposed my mom. was tell me before my half birthday. For my mother. But the interesting thing was at Best Buy, there were people in the store, kind of spread out. The longest line in the store, the pickup line. Uh, yeah, they were. So the ordered- buy online, pick up in store, that line was by far the longest of any line in the store.
1: We need to talk about something too, because I so I ordered a TV on Black Friday online, obviously not going to the store. Great deal, by the way, fifty-inch Roku 4K, all the buzzwords, whatever. I feel like which is almost like default now. Yeah, and um, it was after taxes, it was like two seventy. Yeah, after tax. Which, yeah, but how is. many people need to do like? Oh, very few. You. Is, I mean, I haven't bought could... a TV in years. Yeah. The only reason I'm even buying one right now is because one of my kids hit mine with a baseball bat, <laughs> um, which is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna ask. <laughs> we don't need to go into it. Um, I don't know what the TV ever did to them, but anyways, it was it was an accident. We'll just leave it at that. So the uh, it wasn't like a real baseball bat. It was like one of those plastic ones, and they were just having fun with it and all this stuff. So like it didn't like because it was plastic, it didn't totally break the TV. The TV still works, just kind of like a black line and like the little section where they hit it. Everything else is great, and I was just. And I've been so stubborn. I've been staring at it for like, honestly, the last eight months. And I'm just like, eh. Time to do it. Time to do it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Time to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's no better time to do it. And I think that's why you saw... It's like like, the only
1: thing that goes on like real sales.
2: Yeah, if you look at the markdowns, like that was the biggest one by far, or like where the biggest markdowns were, were in like TVs and large electronics. And it's interesting because that is where like discretionary spending, they're trying to funnel you to it. It's, It's interesting because like, it was everybody was doing it. Target, Best Buy, Walmart, Amazon, all the retailers were trying to really push for TV because it's one of those, it's a big purchase that what I saw, and this is, again, anecdotal, is he, the consumer is making small, uh, they may have bought, buying the ticket item may have been the same, but they were buying smaller like items to add up. Like, They'd buy, like, an Xbox controller and a pair of headphones. and
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Fortnite like, OG's back.
2: Yeah, so they would be spending, like, $40 here, $60 there, things like that versus going out and spending 250 300 $500. Like, their average ticket might have been still similar or roughly the same, but what they were buying was they were buying more gifts in that same ticket or more items in that ticket than what they were previously.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, you're, you're spot on there. So I think it'll be interesting to see where this lands as we kind of end out the year, but yeah, I'm not expecting a whole lot. whole lot. I'm not getting excited. Again, I think we'll trend above 2019, maybe a little bit above 2020, but I wouldn't get too excited here uh as far as where we where we land. Could be a big dip there for Christmas, mm-hmm. New Year's, which which it traditionally is, but yeah. even, even seasonally looking at it. Um the next piece of this, though, is looking at the uh, looking at capacity, how tender rejections handled everything, right? And to be honest, it didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah, I think this is. The and by not a whole lot, I mean it did nothing. Yeah, I mean look at twenty nothing. Look back on the chart at twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen was flying. We got all the way up to like fourteen percent. Yeah, the thirteen or whatever. I mean, even well, granted, we're not there yet, right? I mean, we're just, this is this is twenty nineteen right here. My fingers. It's not like this spike right here, which is twenty twenty. This one is the holiday of 2019, the slightly smaller peak, which is still very significant for 2019, considering how soft it was at the start of the year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the key in 2019 is look around the holidays. Look at the 4th of July, or leading into the 4th of July. Look around Labor Day. Look at then the holiday season. You saw a more reactive market, which was kind of setting 2020 up to be, at least in the first part, soft, but maybe in the back half of the year, strengthening. We were looking for that, and we saw some reaction around July 4th this year where we saw rejection rates climb out of the hole that they were in, where they were, what, near at, at all-time lows? Right
1: about 2.5%. Yeah,
2: I and mean, they climbed up to right around 4%, and we thought, okay, this is a little reaction to a holiday. That's what you need to see. And then from there, there has been no reaction. So what you thought was a market that was coming more reactive to a holiday really hasn't. Now, there's a caveat. Now, by mode, it's completely different. If you broke this out by reefer and dry van, dry van, you would see almost no movement, with these being consolidated. If you were seeing dry van rejections, you'd think there wasn't a holiday at all. Also some
1: movement with flatbeds.
2: Yeah, if you looked at reefer, you would be able to see the, or reefer and flatbed, you'd be able to see. holidays a little more masked on the flatbed side, but you can definitely see them in the reefer side, and I think that's interesting
0: to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Speaking of reefer, so a lot of Christmas trees move in reefer yeah. trucks, right? Especially as when they're coming out of certain areas, freeze, protect, all the things, right? So we bought a Christmas tree this weekend, okay, on Sunday. It, it rained a little bit, I was like, nice. Tree's gonna be nice and watered, ready to go. Now, normally, I've never bought my Christmas tree in November before. It's my first time buying it in November because I was like, I don't want it to last that long. But it turns out they cut them early anyway, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter, and you just end up getting the worst trees. So I was like, all right, fine, we're gonna get it a little early this year. So I did, got it. And I, I, I wasn't paying attention, but what I noticed as soon as I got it to my house is the, like the pine needles were falling off the tree. They were totally green. It was very green. And I was like, that's odd. Normally, they don't f- start to fall off for a couple weeks you know, as it dries up and mm-hmm. whatever, right? I was like, why are I mean like, an, an exuberant amount were falling off. I was like, why are they falling off? It still had so many on there to where you couldn't tell, but I was yeah. like, that still is just it's a little it bit odd like in the timeline, it felt like a lot. And then I noticed in the trunk of the tree, like towards base, which I didn't pay attention for, it had a pretty big like cut, it was split almost. Not like split completely in half, but like there was just a big split and I looked it up and evidently trees um, that have the, that type of split are damaged. And can die a lot faster. So I was like, great, I got the one defective tree at the store, and I'm not going to have any pine. It's going to turn to the Charlie Brown tree probably by December 8th. That's not what you want. So, you know, my kids don't know. I know. They don't know. I'm going to have to put a blanket around this tree or something or be like, guys, look, Christmas came early this year. All done. Pack it up. <laughs> 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 they are
2: young enough to probably get away with that. Might probably get away with it. <laughs> so, But I mean, you look at this and it just, it, it, it sets up the rest of the year to be difficult when you look at rejection.
1: I'm curious what Q1 is going to look like because traditionally after New Year's, mm-hmm. we have a really big like tender rejections traditionally fall in January. Yeah, there's not really any room to fall. Yeah, they can't go much lower. Like, or if it does fall, it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah, like, what, what is the mean? difference
2: in two and three percent? Exactly like
1: it's, right. Like, it's at- Let, the only thing honestly to fall further at this point is like used equipment prices, which I do think are going to fall for the next month. But I think they're about they're close to the bottom. But I do think they'll fall one or two more times, and then contract rates. Which have been resilient? Yeah, they really have. So it's like, well, are they even? Can we pull up the rates real quick? I think yeah. Look at this, right? So blue line contract rates line haul sitting at two thirty five a mile, a tiny tick up from two twenty nine, and then uh, the yellow line here, your spot rates. Um, And that is also line haul. We've taken out fuel for the example sitting at about a buck 81. So you basically have a 50 cent spread, 55 cent spread, whatever that is. Yeah. I and think what's interesting it's, I mean, contract rates have more or less been flat since like September.
2: Yeah. I August. think what's interesting is the, the gap. I mean, you look at 2019 into 2022 or 2020, right? We were right at $2 a mile. And yeah. We, we thought these would fall further, faster, and I think what's interesting is shippers may have gotten comfortable with where freight are. Right? They they don't want to. They don't want their carrier base to go out of business. They don't want to be left with dealing with this upward move again or as severe of an upward move when the market have
1: inevitably turned. They also all beat their budgets by a crazy amount. Yeah, like, and... What incentive do they have now?
2: Well, and that's the thing, because if you don't spend it, you lose it next time, right? Like, it's one of those, like, you're probably under budget at this point. Like, you don't care to get a couple cent reduction in your rate per mile, or a couple, like, it's not going to be... Like a massive, you're not gonna like miss your budget or something like that. If yeah, you, not not this year, not after this decline. So I think that's one of the things is like, from at least from a shipper perspective, it's like, well, we're we're in a good enough state at the moment. We're we don't really we have to worry about capacity. We're comfortable with rates are. We don't need to push them down. But I think what you'll see is you will see another like down. the beginning of the year. I think it's natural with the, I mean, you almost see it, I was going to say you see it every year, but you see kind of how, when that RFP, the old bid, old contract rate rolls off, and a new one comes on, it does drop that early in the year. So I think that's, there's that chance. Uh, I just don't, With what's interesting is spot rates have fallen back to where they were in 2019, but we've maintained this, what, 15% 15% increase in contract rates, and I think some of that has to go with shippers understand that prices have inflated overall, and they're okay with 15% over the course of, f- what, four years, five Listen, years?
1: Listen, it works with their budget, right? Yeah. I was talking with a Fortune 100 retailer the other day, um, and we we were looking at their network, and they spend about a billion dollars a year on transportation costs, yeah. at least in North America. and they will beat their budget by about 17% this year. Yeah, what incentive do they have to that's, go? Those nine to, figures of savings.
2: Yeah, what incentive do they have to go? What's and, to
1: get to 20%, what changes? Yeah, Get to 22%, what changes? All it means is that you probably have a bigger gap next this upcoming year to have to deal with.
2: Well, that and if you get too aggressive and the market flips. There's no meat left on the bone. Yeah, you go too deep, your carrier base will remember that they'll won't take your freight when the market gets hot they'll go to the other options that they inevitably will have and and you'll be in this cycle where your budget gets broken and people transportation managers at these places will ultimately lose their job i mean you can kind of tell like when their budgets crumbled with COVID, it, it
1: probably happened because if you were a transportation manager, you were in charge of the RFP process, the procurement process, all the things, right? Of what doesn't matter what shipper, just a big shipper, right? What would you do right now as you're thinking about twenty twenty four? Try to implement index link contracts.
2: Why? Because it moves with the market. You're you're taking the risk associated with a market movement out of the contract, right? You're You're taking the pricing out. Effectively, you're taking the pricing element out of it and it's solely service-based, right? Because if you and a carrier can agree upon a rate, and there's a great white paper on the Sonar website about this, that you don't have to move every month or every day with the market. You move as the market kind of moves. You don't have to change your rate Day to day, but say a market uh, a rate goes up five percent a month. Well, once it eclipses the, that three percent mark, well, you start to move the rate up because three percent here and there, like up and down month to month, isn't a huge. Di- I mean, it might be a huge difference, but in reality, it's it's not going to break a budget at three percent, right? Anything outside of that is. So you move it around that. I think that would be the key right now. Is This is the time to go try it and do it because one, you're in control. And if it works, when the market changes, you can, you at least have a hey, we are moving with the market. We're not getting, we're not having to sit here and pay 10, 20, 30% over market. We're moving with the market. And from a carrier perspective, they're going to be like, thanks. We're, we know we're getting a fair rate. We're going to move with the market. We'll continue as long as we continue to get the freight. And we service it well. We know that we'll have the freight there, so it's not this like war for volume. And if it works on certain lanes, well, guess what? You can take it and take it to other customers too, and show, hey, we did this for so and so. It worked great. Love to do it for you. And you might have the opportunity to win more volume too from a from a carrier perspective and the shipper perspective. Again, it takes some of that pricing risk out.
1: Yeah. I agree with that, and I think it, it adds a bit more certainty to what mm-hmm. what's going to happen. It also begs the question of if everybody moves to index link contracts uh, you know when possible, does that reduce volatility in the market I don't know
2: it's hard to say because I mean if you look at other commodities that work off of these index link contracts, I mean the volatility's still there right because if you think about, man changes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's market fundamentals move it as opposed to sometimes momentum, things like that. I think what it will do, like indexing contracts work in the contract market. Like there's still spot market freight that will move accordingly and and the pricing will adjust to some extent. And the question's gonna be like, what what does that look like? And I mean, I think if we throw the chart up, I mean, you look at how long it took contract rates to move after the spot rate had started moving higher, right? Like they started moving up roughly the same time, but look at when the spot market declined. Like from a... It was almost
1: five five months later.
2: Yeah, I mean, from a shipper perspective, like you're moving with the market and that would be... Again, beneficial overall because you're I, again. It it just takes this risk out of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, and that's going to be the key is like how risky and how risk averse are you as we move in? Because again, the market will turn. It's just a matter of when it does turn, and that's the hardest part. And in conversations I've had, it's like we just need to know when the market turns. And I'm like, well, well pay attention to data and it'll help at least explain it to you. But like to put your finger on the exact date is going to be difficult. I so mean, much. look at the up and down movements in the rate. Like you yeah. can't tell exactly where it's going to go. You want COVID
1: happening, you want to predict world wars happening, all that stuff. Yeah. Be my guest. So why yeah, not take totally as much great. risk out as you can
2: yeah. and focus on the service? Because ultimately that is probably the most important part is ensuring that your goods Show up on time in full without
1: damages. Right? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Last little item we're going to talk about today before we move on is intermodal. I do think it's important just to kind of see how intermodal reacts to the holidays. And surprisingly, it went up a lot more than I thought it was going to. Uh, yeah. So we're looking at the blue line here, which is domestic rail container volume or fifty-three <laughs> foot intermodal loaded specifically loaded. It almost got to those twenty twenty levels, uh, which is orange. Basically, kind of just tapped it, tapped its foot. But, um, I mean, it moved quite a bit, honestly. It had a pretty big move up. Obviously, it's dropped down quite a bit. It's had a big drop. Yeah. um, Which is interesting or almost concerning to see, will it come back at the same pace? We'll see. But intermodal looking pretty good from a demand perspective as we head into 2024, if I'm being honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the intermodal sector is one of those. I think this is a time in conversations that I've had shippers or – Intermodal companies are being aggressive, both the railroads and intermodal marketing companies are being aggressive, going to shippers and saying, Hey, have you thought of, you haven't used intermodal in the past. Have you thought about it? Now's the time to think about it because it generates a cost savings of what, 10 to 15% compared to truckload, and you don't need the freight isn't as time sensitive. It, it presents an opportunity to, and you have lower emissions and your carbon footprint around transportation declines when you use intermodal because what? You're using, say, call it even six locomotives on a mile-long train, something like that. How hard is it to add two more containers to the back of a train versus now if you wanted to add two truckloads, the impact there? So it's something to think about. And I think it's a factor of these railroads and and intermodal marketing companies getting aggressive. And clearly paying off.
1: Yeah, spot on. Well, good stuff. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. We will see you next Wednesday, live 2 p.m. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day and stay tuned for more updates. Have a good day.